Tawai Got Bass Fishing Hall of Famer Steve Bowman with me this week as we look back on the amazing life of the one and only Ray Scott. This week on... I'm Bob Cobb for the Bassmaster. Welcome to Mercer. Welcome one, welcome all. Friends, family, freeloaders. It is hump day and happy hump day. You've made it halfway through the week. Welcome to the Awkwardly Honest Fishing Podcast that goes by my last name, Mercer. This week's show is going to be a little different, but um, needed. Very much needed. Because the fishing industry lost... And when I say an amazing man, it almost feels like I'm downplaying it too much. I mean, there is trailblazers. There is people who do so much. But literally, Ray Scott built this sport. Whether you're a tournament angler, whether you're a recreational angler, if you love bass fishing, if you're crazy enough to listen to this podcast, chances are you owe Ray Scott a debt of gratitude. And I think everybody sees Ray Scott... For the amazing, you know, showman that he was. And boy, was he ever. There is nobody in history that'll ever be able to do the job that Jay, that, 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 that Ray created like Ray could do it. I mean, I used to call him and, and still call Bob Cobb that. I called them both. The chicken that laid the egg. And um, they truly were. Um, without everything that Ray Scott had done this show most likely doesn't exist you know so many different fishing things don't exist and ray scott was an amazing and amazing man and this week we're going to look back on some of the amazing things he did and i'm happy to have steve bowman who i work with on the bassmaster elite series i mean he's been with bass forever he's been a 35 classics or something like that if you want to realize what a big shot bowman is bowman is actually back in the day one of the things Ray did to get the media to make sure they covered it is he allowed them to compete in the Classic. The day before, on the pre-fish day, they'd actually try to catch a big fish. How weird does that sound? Could you imagine telling an angler of today, hey, let me catch that five. I want to win the media tournament. Well, Bowman won five of those, five media Classics. I don't know if that's a record. I would assume. So, I mean, he's been around a while. He's seen all sides of Ray Scott and... um I wanted to have him on just to tell some stories and talk about the builder that Ray Scott was. I mean, he didn't just build the tournament ended things. If you love fishing, if you love the freedoms and the rights you have to fish, you love Ray Scott because Ray Scott was an amazing, amazing man. And um, so, I mean, I thought Bowman was a perfect person to have on here. The only problem is I found out that uh, Panger had him on. So, hey. Um, we don't normally try to do that, but uh, I will say the interview Panger did, uh, they talk about a bunch of different stuff. So make sure you check out the show. Panger did a show, I think it was Monday's show, with Bobby Murray and Steve Bowman. But 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 if you didn't like Steve Bowman in that interview, you'll like him in this interview, uh, vice versa, whatever. Just stick around. Watch both our podcasts. We're tired of begging for views, but that's what you make us do. But um, Ray Scott was an amazing guy. And, and I'm so thankful to have had uh, the relationship that I had with Ray. And um, I met Ray like a, as a fan many times before 
wouldn't say many, a handful of times before I worked for Bass. And um, as a fan. And and, and, and to the day he died, and, and to today, I am still a huge fan of Ray Scott's. But really one of the coolest things that happened was way back when I got this job with Bass. I guess it was um, 11 years ago or so. Out of nowhere, I get a call from Ray Scott. He got my number. He had found out I was going to be the new MC, and I can't tell you how blown away I was that he took the time to reach out to me. You know, it took the time to spend time, you know, hours, literally hours on the phone. Um, I went and visited with him at his house once or twice, a few times, I believe, and um, obviously spent time with him at events when he was at events. But he went out of his way to help me. Uh, a guy from another country that he didn't even know, but he just had that much respect for the job that I was lucky enough to have that he went out of his way to help me and, and shared many kind words and and advice and you know made me look at things different than probably I did. Um, but I, I thanked Ray for that many times and, and I, I will never stop thanking Ray because and that that's the amazing thing about Ray is everybody sees the upfront stuff and the amazing stuff that he's done on that end of things. But honestly, the amazing thing about Ray is what he did that nobody knows about. Like nobody know, nobody knew about those phone calls. Nobody knew about the time we spent together. And he did that for a lot of other people. So many different opportunities. I mean, Ray was a trailblazer. I mean, he... And again, it doesn't even seem like it, it is strong enough. But what amazed me about Ray is the little things. I mean, reaching out to me before I'd even started the job. After that classic, and I just pulled this off my wall. This hangs on my wall always. He sent me this picture. And uh, I had Ray up on the stage at the classic. And um, he went out of his way to send me a picture of us on the stage and wrote some really kind words on that that I'll save for myself because I don't believe that everything should be talked about but basically words of encouragement and um, I can't thank him enough for that and uh, the only way I tried to thank him is every single time I've taken the classic stage I've literally made sure to mention Ray Scott he's the chicken that laid the egg and, and, and that's not going to stop I'm not going to stop mentioning him. I'm not going to stop promoting him because without Ray Scott, there's none of us in the positions we're in. And um, sadly, I didn't get to see Ray the last number of years. Um, Ray was in um, some rough health and um, wasn't at public events and you know wasn't seeing too many people. So I didn't get to see him. And... Um, that really sucks, but here's something really, really neat um, that happened at this year's Classic of all places. Jim Kentz, who works with, with Ray, and longtime friend, co-worker, employee, he also was working with Bob Cobb, who, you know, he's my Uncle Bob. I love Bob Cobb, and I was going to have Bob Cobb on this show, but I just don't want to put Bob in that position. You know what I mean? Like, this is Bob's lifetime friend, 
And I know if I said, Bob, do you want to come on the show and talk about Ray? He would have gladly come. But there'll be time for that. Let, let's let it be private. But through Jim, Ray sent me a rod, one of his rods. And um, I was so blown away. I mean, it was this past classic. I hadn't seen Ray in years. And just for whatever reason, he's like, Ray wanted you to have this. And um, I didn't know what it was initially. I mean, he said, I've got something for you from Ray that Ray wanted you to have. And came with a really nice story about a small mall show they were watching. And Ray said, hey, he needs one of my rods. And he sent it. And um, I never got a chance to thank Ray for that. But it meant a lot to me when Jim gave it to me. And it means even more to me today. And uh, I can't stop thanking Ray Scott. And to be honest, none of us should stop thanking Ray Scott because that's how important he is to the sport of fishing. Not just bass fishing, but to fishing. I mean, he has fought for every single one of us in one way or another. He has affected your life, whether you met him or not. And that is a true, true legacy and uh, an amazing, amazing legacy. And I didn't know what direction this show was going to go this week, but I do know that uh, Bowman is a guy who has spent a lot of time with Ray and not just Ray. You know, I have always known Ray as Ray. You know what I mean? I mean, Bass was what it was, but but Bowman's been to 35 classics. He's seen Ray in all different lights and and he's a great fan of the sport, just like I am. And And I think he's got some pretty cool stories. So once again, to remind you, he's a five-time Bassmaster Classic Media Champion. He's a Bass Fishing Hall of Famer. And a guy who I spend a lot of time with on the road. The one and only Steve Bowman. Steve Bowman, um, you are looking very, very, very <laughs> official. Is that your race scott hat or your sheriff hat you got on today? Well, it's a little both, but it's but it's actually my it's my race scott tribute hat for the week. Um after this, it might be, uh, it'll be my backup, uh, law enforcement hat. So if I, if I get in a foot chase or a wrestling match with a bad guy, then I'll, I'll, um, I'll have one I can fall back on. So, well, I appreciate I tore up on the road. Okay. Well, I, I, I appreciate you being on here and I appreciate everything that, that you've done in this industry, I mean, you know, me and you liked we're combatants. We like to argue over dinner. We spend a lot of time on the road. Um, but one thing that we always agree on, and sadly, it's something that everybody's talking about, you know, this last week, is Ray Scott um, and, and just how amazing of a man and, and what he's given to all of us. But before we even really get into it, Bowman, I mean obviously shocked and, and saddened just like the rest of the industry, just like anybody who's ever caught a bass, I would imagine. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm um, shocked and saddened is a little strong. I'm, I'm actually uh, relieved to be honest yeah. with you. Uh, I knew Ray well. Ray was a fantastic man. He was 88 years old. Um, he, uh, and he had been, he'd been struggling struggling for, for some time. So, um, I was actually having a conversation with Earl Benz a little bit and Earl and Ray were, you know, best friends. Uh, just, you know, this, this may have, this is a good thing. This is yeah. Ray's in a better place. I mean, I know that Ray's a Christian man and 
and uh, I know where his uh, where his heart and soul is, and and so uh, I, I'm I'm sad that that Ray is no longer here, but but uh, I'm relieved that he's no longer suffering. So uh, yeah, you know, so that, that you know, kind of where I am. I I, I think uh, you know, and he had been 88, man. <laughs> oh, cow. Come on. I mean, uh, he's had a full life and, and, and did so many amazing things and, and such an amazing character of, of a person that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just glad it happened at a time when we can reflect on Ray Scott and we can honor him. And we're going to, you know, part of that for me is honoring him with uh, the Ray Scott look, which is the white cowboy hat. And uh, and we're gonna we're gonna do some of that, you know, all week long uh, at Lake Fork, and not because we're in Texas, but because we want to honor uh, Race God and and have Race God, uh, you know, have the anglers honor him and uh, that have you honor him. I mean, we're all we'll all do that. So you know, looking forward to. It. I mean, I'm glad. I mean, the timing is there's never a good time for any of this but I mean timing is better than than terrible so. yeah yeah and and I think that's the right way to look at it everybody's just looking a way to honor him like I don't even know what to say you know what I mean when I you, you're right you're not really shocked you know what I mean like he's 88 years old man what a full life I mean he did, did more in half his life than most people do in three lifetimes but um I guess it's just because he's such an iconic like Ray Scott had almost transcended. He was almost a character in some ways to some people. You know what I mean? He's Colonel Sanders. He is bigger than life. Yeah. Those of us who knew him, he was bigger than life. It wasn't like, you know, okay. uh, You know, you, you, you run across these guys where maybe it's KVD or it's Dave Mercer or, Mark Zone or whatever, and you, you you set up this, you know, this persona and everything else. And then when you get past that, and and then you know, in some ways, it, the persona is the same, but it's you know, there's something like I really didn't. I mean, he's just a regular old guy. Well, Ray was not a regular old guy. He was what you saw, and more of it. Even more, the closer you got to him, it was more of it, and that was. That was just, uh, that's a unique quality in a human being. You know, I mean, he didn't guard a lot of things and uh, kind of tell you what he thought. He, he could be mean and he could be an ass and, and he could be the most loving person and and uh, he could make you cry, uh, emotional, you know, just tear jerking uh, with him or uh, cry because he was, uh, like I said, not a, not not nice, but but he was nice. I mean, you know, he did everything for a reason. And you know, you and I had this conversation yesterday. And one of the things that a lot of people don't know is we do we share a lot of meals together. We break bread together a lot. Uh, when we're on the road, we're and and you know, and that means that we argue a lot. And, and, you know, we this is something that we've not argued much about. It is our reverence for, uh, you know, race God and and 
you know, but Ray, part of the deal is, is if you're going to be successful in this world, but especially in a fishing world that what, if you look at the vast frontier, I mean, you know, uh, Matt Dillon might've been a good guy, but he pissed people off. Right. When, yeah. We're, we're, you know, uh, Ray Scott was forging new and great things and, 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 and he, and he made people angry uh, at times. Uh, he didn't. He 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 he. You just make people mad. We make people mad. You make me mad. I make you mad. I guess is the the overall arching point of that. But but the reality of it is is that you can't do great things without making somebody mad. Yeah. And, and so we we got a lot of that from Ray. And Ray was not afraid to make you mad. He was not afraid to make you angry. If it was for the right reasons, and and uh, you know you have to really, if you really reflect on that, that's a very powerful thing. For you know, you can't go through life wanting to make everybody happy. Ray wanted to make the right people happy and the right people mad, and he got he got the mix. And that's there's a quality in that 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 uh, I think is lost on a lot of people today. So, well, and I would also say like modern day terms if you listen to a business talk show they would talk about ray scott like he's a disruptor i mean he disrupts and, and but in a good way i mean he disrupted people that didn't want you to fish he disrupted people that didn't want catch a release he disrupted people that didn't want tournaments to be a thing i mean he was to be a starch th those debates don't come from just not having troubles those debates come from Caring and being passionate enough about your sport. Well, let me let me right? tell you a few things about about uh, Ray. Ray had a vision. Ray was the most incredible visionary in that form uh, that we that we've known. Yeah, you know, guys like him, Ray, uh, uh, Jerry McKinnis, and and Forrest Wood. They they just don't make them anymore, right? And they all had visions that were, boom. I mean, and they were dream big. Boy, you're talking about dream big. That, that was Ray Scott. That was the epitome of, of Ray Scott. But Ray's dream big and epitome, he, was, he understood how to get there. And, and, you know, part of that deal is, you know, he's, he's, like, he's like addressing the crowds. He's making them feel great. He's, he's doing all the things. But then he's not going to let anglers uh, mess up the deal. He's like, Once we get there, you can, you can, you can be who you want to be. And and there's a couple of cases in point. Anybody that read, uh, uh, I forget the book that uh, on Rick Clun and Randy Moser. Uh, what was that book? Oh, um, <laughs> uh, I, I almost called the wrong. But anyway, I mean, you know that. And it and it talks about Ray Scott pulling Randy aside. Yeah. I'm not going to wear those shorts on my stage, son. You know he would he would wear the Hawaiian shorts and everything else. And he'd want to this is not what we're about. You're not. You know. Meanwhile, he's up there jacking around and having fun and everything else. But then behind the scenes, like you're not going to wear those clothes on my stage, son. And and that was more than once. He had he wanted uh, he wanted everybody to. Um, Kind of toe the line, and yeah. we're going to we're changing the the look of what people think of fishermen. We're changing the tone of what people think of 
uh, good old boys and, and rednecks. And, and we're going to drag this sport out of the, out of the damn mud and, 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 and into a, a wonderful light. And, uh, you know, and, and he did that all, all the time. He is, he espoused those things. I mean, you know what, what a lot of people don't realize, and this is in the nineties, I think. Yeah, it was nineties. I'm not going to mention angler, but they actually at the classic, he was a very good friend of mine. They actually at the classic Ray Scott made him show him his marriage license. I've heard, I'm not this certain, but I've, I've heard, heard that like you, you, you needed to be married like, to stay, yeah, like you like, couldn't no, stay with your girlfriend. girlfriend. I'm not paying, I'm not paying for your hotel room. So you can have a week at the classic with your girlfriend. Of course, he's trying to win the classic. You know, it's not like he's having parties and everything. And so they literally got married like a week before the classic and had to bring their marriage license to the classic for her to stay in the. And that was Ray Scott. I mean, you know, he's like, we're not, this ain't, ain't no shenanigans going on around here. We're going to do this stuff. You know, we're going we're gonna to be the, we're going to be. We're going, we're doing the right things the right way. And it was a different time. It would have been, Ray Scott would have a very difficult time these days. You know, I I think a lot of people, I mean, from Ray's generation, really, I mean, just talk to anybody. We all do. I'm I'm an old soul, so I understand Ray, you know, and I'm like, hey, you know, hey, dude, you, you can't be shacking up on company time. You know, that's all there is to it. it's it's wild like some of the rules and things you hear back then but was that all just because he was trying to create these heroes and he needed to you know what i mean they needed to be all in to understand like if you didn't understand the dream you you can't be part of it i would assume i I think there was some of that i mean i I think that he understood that uh you know he had to he had to create personas not only in himself but in his angers, you know, and, and he did that with, uh, you know, Roland Martin and, uh, Bill dance and, and you know, Larry Nixon and Rick Lund and, uh, you know, those guys that really kind of, they toted the water, man. And, and I'll be honest with you. Um, some of those guys and them, you know, they didn't, they didn't always see eye to eye with Ray. Um, uh, they had, um, they had a love hate relationship with Ray because Ray, Ray wanted to be the guy, you know? And so when you started becoming the guy, Ray didn't want you to infringe on his being the guy. So, I mean, and he, when he, you know, it's kind of like back in the old days when I worked in newspapers, so, you know, you don't mess with the guy by the, by the barrel, right? Um, <laughs> you don't mess with the guy with the bike in his hand in front of, the A team and the B team because Ray Scott has already whipped them up and they're all his buddies. So you got to, you got to be friends with Ray when you walk up on the stage. But, uh, there was, there was times when they were, they were, they were at odds with each other and, uh, but it was all for the right reasons and the right things, you know, uh, that, you know, it, but it was a fun time. Fun. Yeah. Time. I, I hear a lot of tributes this week and I hear a lot of people talking about, the amazing showman he was and all these different things he did. But I mean, really that that's literally, if you look at what he's done, what he did in his life, that's just a cherry on top. Really the showman Ray that you saw in in an arena and everything. That's a few days a year. I mean, 
he do you think that bass fishing because it's easy i think people fall under that trap that oh yeah this sport was going to be this sport ray just happened to be the guy there would have been another guy if it wasn't for ray but if you look around at other sports you know what i mean that have a similar size or similar footprint as us and don't get anywhere near the same crowd or anything like that do you believe bass fishing would be what it was no. If Ray Scott had it, just got into rodeo and never, or something un, unrelated. No chance. I mean, you know, you can, you can, you can do all that mouthing around that crap. You, all you want. Truth of the matter is, just the reality of it is, is we wouldn't be anywhere where we are, anywhere near where we are in the sport of bass fishing without Ray Scott. Truth of the matter is, you want to take it as a step further. You couldn't be the trout fisherman you are today or the cat fisherman or the brim fisherman or the crappie fisherman you are today without race guy. He's made that big of an impact on the fishing industry period. Now what he did is he, he revealed this incredible um, competitive fire and passion and a game to play around that competitive fire and passion that uh, that stuff's always been there. Yeah. But it, but, but the other, the, the parts that wouldn't was the, the, the integrity, uh, the reliability, the, the idea that fishing is more than luck. Uh, the, the passing on of the personas that make this sport, you know, the, the the bringing out of the personality of a Bill Dance and the uh, or a, a, even a Rick Klun, uh, um, bringing out the personalities of all these guys, that that was race guy. I mean, you know, you, that doesn't come. I mean, you know, you, you can't name anybody that can do that kind of thing because. But, but truthfully, yeah, we would have tournaments. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you a short story. When I got out of college, I was. I've always been one of these guys wanting to do the craziest shit. Anyway, and I've done it. Uh, so my first job out of college, I was a private investigator, and and uh, one of my one some of my first cases, and we had we had polygraph exams as my polygraph in, in my private eye uh, business, which I was a very young underling in. But a guy got killed at a bass tournament for cheating. So they started polygraphing all these guys. Now, this wasn't a BASS tournament. This was a weekend tournament. Yeah. Okay. That kind of thing would still be going on today if Ray hadn't shown, Ray and Harold Sharp hadn't shown everybody, this is how we are going to do this, and this is why, and we tow everybody in line. I mean, I'm just – believe that he brought so much. I mean, he, he whipped the hardest men in the country in shape. <laughs> I mean, you know, seriously, those are the hard, you look at, you look at basil bacon. And, oh yeah. And, 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 you know, I mean, these are real men. I mean, there's no bullshit right there. I mean, it's like, Hey, and, and they all today, Bobby Murray, the Murray brothers, uh, you know, Larry Nixon is, Country as it gets, and but but tough as nails. George Cochran, um, you know all those guys. They, you you normally you put that kind of people 
in a group, then you have the Confederate Army or you have, you know, today's MMA. But Ray Scott did that, and he made an, a, a sport that, that, that created a billion-dollar industry with very, you know, somebody had to, somebody had to control all that. Yeah. It's, as angler relations, it's impossible. <laughs> yes. Uh, you can, uh, as a guy who balances the anglers, you, but see here, that's what I'm thinking when I'm talking to you. Like, I know you balance the anglers. You deal with the anglers, you know, angler relations with bass and, and they know to call you. I mean, I, I introduce the anglers. I talk to them on stage, but while we're talking, I'm thinking, I'm literally thinking about that. And I'm like, well, wait a second. Ray did both of our jobs. <laughs> what yes. Was, like, yes, he did. What was a day like, you know, you've been to 35 classes. You've seen Ray on very many different lights. What was his day like? like you know what I mean? Like I always see nowadays. I mean, I've dealt with Ray a lot and I'm thankful for every relationship, every time I've ever got to interact with him, but I never got to see him as the guy that was building at the time. You know what I mean? I looked at him as he was always Ray Scott to me, but you saw at the early stages of the company, what was Ray Scott like day to day in in your wit what you've witnessed? I'm just telling you, I, I don't think I don't think he ever changed. Ray was always Ray. I mean, and I think it, I think that the old timers would say, "Well, that's just Ray." And well, we've talked about that and different things, and and some of it not so complimentary, but some of it very complimentary. I mean, Ray is Ray. Ray got up every day selling the idea of bass, B-A-S-S. He, he was a salesman. So he got up every day as a salesman and he's selling bass. Now, a lot of that salesmanship was Ray Scott. You know, Ray Scott was bass. And there was a Ray Scott who was the guy that, that uh, you know, was just regular old Ray, but there was Ray Scott of bass. 99% of the time, he was race guy of bass, so he played that part. I mean, he, he woke up every morning, every day, and you saw him in the hallway in the morning in the hotel room. He was race guy bass, and, I mean, 100%. Now, what he did when he closed the door, you know, I don't know if he threw his cowboy hat off and did a big or whatever, but he was, he was always 100% on. I mean, I, I've never seen him not on. Never. I mean, and it might just be me and him and one other person and he's on. I mean, he's just like, cause he's constantly, he was constantly selling, it, you know, I mean, he, and, and he, it just didn't matter where he was and who he was around. He was trying to figure out, I'm going to tell you, he was trying to figure out how, if it wasn't for bass, if it wasn't, if he wasn't thinking for bass, he was trying to figure out how am I going to get five dollars out of Dave Mercer today? <laughs> and and it was a game to him. It was a game. It wasn't anything other. He didn't have a lot of uh, greed or meanness, that kind of thing. I mean, he he didn't make it well, and, and uh, but he it was some parts. It was a game. For him and and he would I, I uh I'm not gonna even get into some some of those things, but I mean it would be like he would he would just see how far he could go. I mean it, if you and him 
if you were a little older, which I'm glad you're not, because I, I actually believe that you run a run away in uh, as good as race God or as well as race God. Not even close. And do a fantastic job. But um, y'all would always be, y'all would always, he would always be angling to figure out how, how am I going to get Dave Mercer today? <laughs> that was the way those old guys did. I mean, you know, if you, if you, if you ever, the, some of the funnest moments in my time is sitting down and I get to do it today with, with uh, Nixon and Conkren and, and Bobby Murray, but you, you get to Bill Dance and Jerry McKinnis. They were consistent and constant practical jokers on each other. Yeah. And get to hear some of the stuff that you can't repeat that they would do to each other. And, uh, and that was Ray. I mean, Ray, Ray made it a family. And I think, you know, I've, so I called those three names that I just mentioned out or all those names and said, Hey, I'd like to do something with, uh, on Ray Scott. And, and uh, I mean, you can't even get the T out on Scott with, okay, I'll be the winner. Yeah. Because they all loved it. All loved it. All thought it was all understood and having, uh, the benefit of age and time saying, no one else could have done this. I've met a lot of people in my life. I've been a lot of people in this industry. No one else could do this. No one else would have. No one else would have put up with it. You know, I mean, Scott was the guy, and this is uh, I, the one story that I want everybody to know about Ray Scott. The two stories, actually. Scott got a lot of, uh, a lot of folks didn't, you know, they, 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 you know, he, he, he did well and, and by God, he deserved it. And, uh, but what you got to understand about Ray Scott is he would fight for you. Dave Mercer, he would fight for you. Every angler that is listening to me right now, he fought for you, whether you know it or not, he fought for you in, 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 in glorious ways. He fought dirty for you. He fought clean for you. He fought for you. And, you know, and examples of that, uh, you know, the catch and release mentality that we have now, uh, that wasn't always the case. And it was a tough deal changing that over. And there's still people out there today that say, man, I can't believe you catch that fish, put it back in the water. Well, I mean, that's how we survive and how our fisheries are better now than they have been ever. Yeah. The first tournament he brought that uh, mentality to was in Mississippi. And he was going to, at the Ross, uh, Ross Barnett event, and they were going to catch all, you know, weigh the fish, put them back in the water. Well, the, the, the state did not want them back in the water. They thought that they might disease or whatever, put diseases back in the water. So they were like, no, well, this is, you know, tried and true. We'll do whatever you need to do. We're going to put these fish back in the water. And some of these boys from the state showed up with their filet nice and everything else. They're going to, they're going to have them a good old boy fish fry and Ray Scott baseball bat in hand standing there, you know, boom, boom, boom. These fish are going back in the water, boys. And that was the ugly side of the catch and release deal. Yeah. And then the other part of that is a few years later, you know, when, when, you know, and a lot of people don't realize how much work that Ray, Ray think Ray was a showman. Ray, was this bigger in life character and, and um, but he, but he built a magazine. There's still the world's largest outdoor magazine. 
he built a, a tournament circuit that has had challenges from all over and is still the best and uh, still the, the standard that, yeah. that no one can reach. Uh, but within all that, he also built a conservation arm. That, you know, we have Gene Gillian, and, and, and these, we, fight, we, fight these, uh, we fight these battles every day that, that, you know, the average bass angler doesn't give a damn about. But Ray Scott filed 270-something lawsuits in one day for clean air in this country. Or clean water, excuse me. He he did that. Now, how many lawsuits have you filed? Somebody right. hurt your kidney, you're going to file a lawsuit. Whatever. Someone runs over your toe, stomps your baby chicken, you're going to file a lawsuit. But Ray Scott filed all those on your behalf, not his behalf. You know, and... And and BASS was born out of uh, out of all those things. But the one thing that we don't ever talk about is all those lawsuits. And he was like, "You're poisoning our water where our fish live, where we want to enjoy a day of fishing. You're poisoning. So we're filing a lawsuit against you. We're going to fight you." And nobody gives him the credit for those things because he had this other personality. Or yeah. standing on the bank with a baseball bat saying, we're going to release these fish. We're going to protect this resource. You know, him and Harold Sharp, and really Harold Sharp, putting together a boat combat boy to ride, ride around the state house in Tennessee because they're killing grass. I mean, they did some great, amazing things that brought a lot of things to a lot of attention to the sport that we're in and you know, it's a lot more fun to, to see him riding an, an elephant. Uh, but the truth of the matter is race guy would whip your ass with a baseball bat or he would file a damn lawsuit against you. And that's, that's what we needed. And you know, it's, it's just not out there. It's just not out. I mean, you know, we lost a We lost an amazing man. I don't know why I giggled there, but in my mind, I'm just envisioning two dudes at a weigh-in being like, is that guy down there in the elephant? In the elephant? Isn't that the dude that whooped your ass last night? <laughs> um, yeah, and then the guy that, that, that his elephant stomped on your baby chicken. <laughs> and and I agree with you. That I mean, he's done so much for and this. You're scratching the surface on Yeah. So much more. That's just the highlight, you know. And you go, you travel around the world and you wonder why carp's a big deal in Europe and why some of these species are a big deal. And it's because there was no Ray Scott and not just Ray, but you know what I mean? There's been forefathers that fought for freedoms that we have in North America because we have in Canada and, and in the United States, obviously. But that's because of people like Ray. You know what I mean? The ability to, I mean, when you bring people from, Great Britain over here fishing and you start showing them all the lakes and all the opportunities that like you can just launch here. They look at you like you're nuts. Like you need to literally rent a square of land out to go fishing or hunting, you know, in, in Great Britain and a lot of Europe because there was no race got out there protecting it. Right. And, that, and, and, and we'd have no comprehension of, of those things. And, and then to know that Scott made sure there was bass in Italy made sure there was bass in Spain, um, made sure that uh, Jerry Eusta of uh, Zimbabwe would, co or would come over here and, and kick everybody. But, I mean, you know, think about that. 
think about the bass nation, you know, federation, however you want to characterize it, the, the Brian Kirchels and, and everything else. I mean, you know, the, he understood that the dream was for everybody, yeah. not just Bill Dance and Roland Martin and Jimmy Houston. The dream was for everybody. And, and he was willing to fight for it. And that was, that's the coolest thing about it all is that, Hey, I'm not just here for, to, to run these tournaments and, and, and everything I'm here for, for little Wes Logan, who is going to be born one day and, yeah. and, uh, and, and win here on Neely Henry, where one of the lawsuits was filed, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, those things are, that, that, that there's a specialness to that, 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 you know, I, it's just hard to fathom. I mean, it really is. We all owe him. I mean, every fish ever caught out of, out of a lot of these places is, is the direct result of race guy. So, yeah. I w- don't you wish you could say that about you? Seriously. I mean, Honestly, I'm I've I've got into this hat where people start talking about the legacies or the greatest ever in a day. You know what I mean? The goat, the most overused word in all sports and everything. And and I've said this about Ray Scott. I'm like, literally, most of those things are fake, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like it's a generational. The goat's always going to be generational. Like depending on who you are, you know, it'll be the goat of your time and different things. But there's people who literally, I mean. Everybody who's ever caught a fish, you know, that's a legacy that Ray Scott left. You know, like when you were talking about you, Steve, fishing the classic through the nation. Well, who was he inspiring at that time? The big story lately on the Elite Series is the international anglers. You got Canadians, Australians, Japanese anglers, and, you know, and it seems to grow everywhere. An Italian fish, the classic a few years ago. All of those dreams started not with anything that it didn't even start with the Elite Series. It started... Was right. God and be, being able to watch somebody from another country make it there. Yeah, I know. It's, and it's amazing. It's amazing to watch. And it's not just not just the countries. I mean, we got we got anglers from Iowa, Minnesota, and yeah. Wisconsin, and uh, you know all the all these places that uh, uh, Brandon Pounder calls them abnormal states. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I agree with him. You know. But they are abnormal from a bass fish standpoint, and and uh, but you know Ray, where Ray was willing to, he wanted everybody to be a part of it, and you know, and at the time of the first Bassmaster event, there were no bass in Iowa where Brandy Fallon. Yeah. All right. So now he's, I mean, you know, things like that. There were no bass there, right? And so. I don't know. I, I just we have we we can't we can't even start comprehending. If I'm driving down the road and I think about all the oh, well, what about this? What about that? I mean, you know, think about the baits that we have, the technology we have, the forward-facing sonar. Uh, none of that would be here. There'd be no reason for it, you know, because there wouldn't be this massive group of people behind them saying, "Oh, you know, I want to do this and." I mean, everybody loves to fish. I mean, you know, uh, the Bible is is full of fishermen. It's been a long time, but I mean, it would be for an, another reason, and we would be like the the English or 
in the UK sitting out there with 15 foot rods and four pound line and, and um, trying to figure out which cereal put together is going to make a cart bike because, you know, everything else we would just rate. Yeah. Well, Ray Scott was an amazing, amazing man. Surrounded himself by some amazing people, obviously Bob Cobb, Harold Sharp, the list goes on and on. But, but I would say that Bass in general, from Ray being employee number one to whatever employee we're on now has done a really good job of having the right people in the right place at the right time. And that, that includes ownership, that includes everything, but none of it happens without one man, and that's Ray Scott. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and, and there's there, that is a hundred percent because I'm just going to tell you. Not only did, did you know, so what? There's part of it that says I, I'm a, I'm gonna I'm gonna create this thing, right? Yeah. And 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 so the, it's it's amazing enough that he's going to create this thing and he's going to fight it through, and but then he's going to understand that there's that he's got to build something that's going to test, you know, that is going to stand the test of time. Because he did that as well. Because I'm just going to tell you, there's been plenty of people that have tried to screw this thing up. <laughs> you know, there have been plenty of people who are willing to make the mistakes, uh, are willing to to screw it up because their ego or whatever. And uh, uh, and but what Ray Scott did is is built the test of ties, built to stand the test of time. So, you know, his ego was big enough to where it doesn't matter what you want. You can't beat that because it's going to make sure that it's still there. And it is. And it has, we've seen that in the last three or four or five years, you know, yeah. you're not going to tear it down. Yeah. I mean, all the things that, you know, you think back at big events for us in the elite series, you know, that a few years ago when we kicked it off on the St. John's river, but I've always said, like, all of that that you see there, there's a bunch of anglers working hard, a bunch of staff working hard, but all of it is literally still the same dream. It's the same story. It's the same dream. It's the same opportunity. Thanks. It's just a different generation. The boats might be faster. The electronics might be more advanced, but it's the same dream. You want to hold the trophy that you grew up dreaming of sitting on a couch, looking at a television or reading it in a magazine. You, It's what Ray did that made that trophy so valuable today if you ask me yeah well i mean and the, the dream is is not necessarily not necessarily trophies uh you know the, the foundation of that dream is just being able to fish yeah and fish and fish and make a living at it not be the uber rich that the foundation of it is just man, i just want to be fishing i I'm I'm under this car changing the transmission, and I'm looking out and seeing a guy drunk driving down the road with his boatman. I'd rather be doing that, and and that that dream came alive because there's a lot more people that are able to do that than ever say, "I want to make the classic or or win the classic, yeah. or win an elite event." It's just the idea that you know what, I can be happy. And making a living, you know, Rick Klon is a prime example of that. I mean, he could have been a very rich man in the computer world and the oil world, but he wanted to fish. And he had to go, to, you know, and, and, and fight the battles 
but now he's comfortable. His family's comfortable. And he did that from the front of a boat. It's pretty crazy. You know, that, that was not possible. When I was in high school and college and I told my, my family that I wanted to, uh, I wanted to be involved and I wanted to hunt fish for a living. You know, I mean, it was like, uh, I want to be a clown trash player. You know, I might as well said, I want to be a trash player dressed as a clown. Cause they would just laugh. <laughs> that, yeah. Get, get your, go get you a degree, boy. You're going to either be a mechanic or a damn businessman or whatever. No, I want to be, I want to be in the outdoors every day. And so Ray Scott made that possible for me as well. And it's for so many of us. I mean, I want to, I want to be in the outdoors. I hate being in this office right now. The only reason I'm here is for you, Dave Mercer. Well, yeah. I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming into that office for me. And, yeah. um, Man, I appreciate everything that Ray Scott has done. And I, and I appreciate you spending a little time letting us kind of inside of some of the stuff you saw. Because, I, like I said, I think everybody, and they always will remember the glitz and the glamour with Ray. But, man, that guy got dirt under his nails. And that dirt is him clawing away at things to make a sport. You know, he didn't just, you know what I mean? He didn't just make it bigger. He made literally made a sport. I mean, bass were not even, you know, they, people caught him, but it was, you know, it wasn't like trout was the, was the big deal at the time, yeah. you know, like who would fish for bass. And now, um, now those trout anglers hate us still, I guess he never fixed well, that's that. Fine. They, they, haters going to hate. Hey, <laughs> you know, and I, I just want, I just want to point out to, to you that I, I, I wouldn't miss this. You asked. I said, heck yeah, man. Because for those of you who watch Mercer's uh, podcast and see him on stage of, of the Elite Series and the Classics, you know how good he is at doing that stuff. But it's, it's really important to me to point out that Mercer understands the legacy of this sport. I mean, how in the hell he does that stuck up there in the North Country uh, surrounded by ice all the time? I don't know. But but he loves the sport, and, and it's the same reason why, you know, it, he helps us with the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, it's because it's important for, for you to know some of these stories about Ray Scott, uh, about Roland Martin, about, uh, you know, uh, John, Don Butler, about Ray O'Breckenridge, about Bill. I get, I get, I've got a 50-gallon barrel full of them, and, and, and it's our legacy, and it's important to, for us to draw on that. And, and really, if anything, the saddest part about Ray Scott's passing is, is that, that that is such a pillar of our sport, that he is now gone. And, you know, we've been losing guys, Forrest yeah. Wood, Jerry McKinnis, and, and so forth the last few years. And, uh, but we can't forget. We should never forget, and, and Mercer does that with the Hall of Fame and, and helps them in, in a, an amazing way, and, and uh, I really appreciate that part of it. But you folks that uh, don't realize all the things that Mercer does, y'all should, y'all should realize and, and, and support him as much as you can. But I, uh, the one thing that we got to do in this sport is we can't forget. You know, I, I can – I can go with a fisherman, uh, any one of y'all, and we'll go out to your lake or your river or whatever, and you're going to say, yeah, I caught a five-pounder off that stump. But y'all's memory is selective. 
don't forget the other catches. Don't forget the other people. Don't forget the the steps that were put in place for you to go catch that five pounder off that stump. So that's my preaching for the day, there, Mercer. Well, thank you very much. I, I agree with most of it, except for the stuff about me. So stop embarrassing me. I appreciate the kind words, and um, that's the, that is the one thing that bonds us all. Though I'll say our whole brethren of road brothers that spend time on the, on the road, uh, brothers and sisters. I shouldn't just say brothers. I'll get in trouble from somebody, but um, we're all passionate about it. We all love like that. That honestly, you look at. Our camera guys, you know what I mean? Like, why are they so into it? Because that that's their passion. You know what I mean? The hardest job on the planet. The hardest job <laughs> on the planet. And it sucks and they love it. I'm like, y'all are screwed up. <laughs> well, thank I'm God like, screwed up people can find other screwed up people. And Ray yeah, Scott brought us all together. So I'm, I'm thankful. Well, I hope everybody will tune into the Late Fort Show because – this hat right here will be on Mercer's head during the weigh-in and tribute to Ray Scott. And, and uh, we'll have others out there uh, with a tribute. Just look for that. Look for the tributes this week. All right. Going to be a big week, big tributes, and uh, big bass because we're heading to Lake Fork. And um, thanks, Bowman. I'm not good at ending these, so bye. All right. We'll see you later. Thank you very much, Steve Bowman. Five-time Bassmaster Classic media champion, Steve Bowman. Also a Bass Fishing Hall of Famer. And I hope you enjoyed some of those stories about Ray Scott. Um, an amazing, amazing man. And th those are just like a, literally this much. Like, not even this much. For those of you listening to the audio version, I am showing a very small amount with my fingers. And I am looking through my eye to show how small that amount is. That's how much of Ray Scott's life and his accomplishments we showed here this week. But it's our small, simple way of just simply honoring an amazing man that did so much for so many that he never even got a chance to meet and never will get a chance to meet. So thank you, Ray. Our thoughts and prayers are with his entire family and we'll never stop being thankful for you. I'm off to Lake Fork for this week's event. Hope to see you guys there where we'll have a bunch of race caught tributes and um, have an incredible tournament. And um, like I said, this one's a little different, but needed. Enjoy being, have a great week. And as we always do, Uncle Bob, take it away. Thanks for watching. Please like, comment, and subscribe because Bob Cobb of the Bassmasters told you to. You hear? <laughs>